Welcome, traders, to the SPACs Attack. And do we have an action jam-packed show for you guys today? We got Payoneer right over my corner. We're going to get into that interview. We got so many headlines to go to. I went on a shopping spree today, guys. So definitely smash the like if you went on a shopping spree for SPACs today. I'll talk about some of the purchases that I made. We have a lot of headlines to get into. So let's go ahead and start the show. What's going on, my SPACs Attack community? Definitely, definitely, I'm having a great day. Smash the like button, bring in the energy. Let's go to the moon, to the moon with our energy. Let's bring it up. Let's all go ahead and hit the share button down below. Let everybody know Payoneer is coming on next. So if you definitely don't want to miss out that interview, go ahead and let your friends know. One of the things that I will let you know, guys, I'm starting to dip my toes back into the SPAC game. So also put it out there, guys. Is this the SPAC bottom? Who knows, guys? Hit the share down below. Let everybody know. All right, let's go ahead and bring on the brains to the show. My man, Chris Catchy. Hey, what's going on, brother? How are we doing today? Oh, you see me. You see me. I'm trying to bring up the energy. Uh, maybe it's because I actually got some sleep finally. The root canal is done. And let's go, baby. Let's go. You know, I, I heard you say you went on a shopping spree. I I know I'm excited to hear what you bought. But, you know, I, I, I don't think we should get into that just yet. I think maybe, you know, we need to get some more likes because, you know, we don't always just call out everything that we've bought. So I'd love to see 100 likes by the end of the show. Um, you know, and after this interview, we can get into some of those picks that you made. How about that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, guys. So if you guys want to hear exactly what I purchased, especially in the SPAC game, go ahead, guys. Hit the like. Let's get I, I think 100. Honestly, Chris is, is setting a short here, guys. I'm going to go a little bit higher up here. I'm going to go with 150 likes. I know that might be trouble to get there, but if you want the money Mitch picks, you got to go ahead and hit the like. Let's go ahead and let's get into our headlines. Let's get see what's going on out there, Chris. I know there's a lot of movement, so fill us in, man. Take us back to the headlines. All right, guys. Yeah, so headlines today, and we do have one deal to talk about and then a couple movers as well. And an exciting interview, the CEO of Payoneer on the show today. So super excited, big show. So up first in headlines, there was a new SPAC ETF launched yesterday, actually two of them. So these come from Tuttle Capital, the same team that has SPCX, the pre-merger SPAC ETF. So the tickers are DSPC and SOGU. So these are de-SPAC'd companies. So these are going to track 25 of the largest de-SPAC'd companies over the last 12 months. They will rebalance monthly and they're going to only include for 12 months. So, you know, this is going to be some fresh ideas, right? So like DraftKings isn't going to be in there, you know, for, for two or three years. It's going to be in there up until a year. And there's those holdings going across the bottom. And then for the first time, so that ticker SOGU, that's the inverse of this index that they have created, right? So it's almost like shorting these SPACs. So if you think, you know, that de-SPAC companies are going to drop in value, you now have an option, an easy way with this ETF to bet against these 25 holdings. So SOGU, the inverse, 
And, and then we have DSPC, the DSPAC ETF. We're working on getting Matt back on the show. We had him on before to talk about his SPAC ETF. So uh, I spoke to him on the phone yesterday, but super excited for these new SPAC offerings. And we have uh, Hylion, H-Y-L-N, uh, news out today that they, uh, uh, with Detmer Logistics, um, a new deal for 100 trucks in the next five years for their fleet. Um, so Hylion shares were trading higher on that news. Um, so keep an eye out on that one. I do own shares of Hylion still. Then we turn to earnings. So we have FRX, which is merging with Beachbody and MyX Fitness. So their first quarter earnings, the uh, revenue of $243 million, that was up 43%. Nutritional and other revenue was up 23%. Digital revenue up 56%. Not a big surprise as we're still in the, in the pandemic here. Connected fitness revenue, $14.7 million, up more than 20 times. They had 3.2 million total subscribers at Beachbody, which was a record high for total subscriptions and up 39% year over year. Um, you know, so strong numbers uh, across the board for the Beachbody brand. Um, I do own units of FRX. Um, you know, so, so keep an eye out on this one. You know, can MyX Fitness, you know, compete against Peloton? Is Beachbody, you know, a growing brand going forward with that digital um, you know, work at home fitness offering of theirs, something to definitely keep on your radar. They did sell. Just want to jump in here Go right ahead. quick to, for FRX. I did see also some tweet mentioning, I think it was Peter Schiff that was talking about this. But one of the things that a lot of people don't know about FRX, and I thought it was important to note is, you know, this is this is also a supplement play. Supplement play is something that a lot of people don't know that FRX actually has underneath their belt. It's not just the equipment. And so one of the things that I like about the supplement play is that it's more of a continuous revenue stream. Yeah, and that supplement business, Mitch, so that nutrition one, they actually, I, I said before, they bought out a company that was started by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, you know, they've got some potential there. But yeah, so across the board, Beachbody, the nutritional brands, and then also the connected bike. So really connecting, you know, the whole fitness sector. And they did sell 11.3 thousand connected fitness equipment bikes in the first quarter um, versus 1.1 last year in the same quarter. So keep an eye out on that one. Then we have APXT. So Apex Technology merging with Avpoint. First quarter sales, $38.8 million, up 19% year over year. They see full year revenue of $193 to $194 million. Um, remember, this is the company uh, that helps small and medium-sized businesses, uh, Microsoft Cloud. We had TJ on the show. We're working on getting him back on as well. I know a lot of people uh, you know, are excited about this deal out there. Um, but keep an eye out on APXT. You know, strong revenue, strong uh, margins. Um, this is a SaaS play going forward. Then we have TBA, which I talked about yesterday, that updated guidance for their merger partner, Iron Source, an app developer. They set their merger vote date of June 22nd. So we'll add that to our calendar. And, and then we turn to some rumors. So yesterday we had MTAC, MedTech Acquisition, uh, shares up on a rumor from Bloomberg that they are bringing robotics firm Memic public 
so keep an eye out on that one. And then we also got a rumor for OCA omni-channel acquisition from our friends Matt Higgins and Gary V. Uh, rumored from Bloomberg to be bringing home coverage startup Kin Insurance public at a valuation of around one billion dollars. Um, we're working on uh, getting them back on the show, of course, um, to find out, you know, when when they announce a deal, if it is this deal. But rumor out there now from Bloomberg. And our deal this morning, ticker XPOA, uh, DPCM Capital, announcing a merger with Jam City. This is a mobile gaming company, uh, along with the announced SPAC deal. They are also acquiring Ludia Incorporated. So they said going public is going to help them with their growth strategy that includes more mergers and acquisitions and a pipeline of licensed games valued at $1.2 billion in this deal. Shareholders will own 24% of the new company. So Jam City, you might not know the brand, but you might know some of the games. So Harry Potter, Hogwarts Mystery, Cookie Jam, Panda Pop, Disney Emoji Blitz, and Jurassic World Alive. No game accounts for more than 20% of bookings, so they're highly diversified. Um, Jam City was a top 10 game publisher for Apple and Google in 2020. 31 million monthly active users in 2020. Uh, 1.3 billion cumulative installs across those games. 3 billion hours played in 2020 and 9 billion ad impressions. Cookie Jam has lifetime bookings of $790 million, Panda Pop, $375 million, uh, proven track record of mergers and acquisitions. So a pipeline of games. This is where it gets exciting, right? They have games coming that include Disney Pop Town, uh, a DC Comics title with uh, partner um, AT&T, a HGTV My Design game, and games for Star Wars and Avatar that have not been titled yet. Um, so a strong pipeline of partnered content here in the mobile game space. They had bookings of $570 million last year, 1.1 million paying users monthly, average spend of $44.75. They see compounded annual growth of 23%, which is higher than rivals uh, Zynga, Glue Mobile, and Playtika. They also have a better enterprise value divided by bookings rate of 1.4. This is a very interesting one. I'm diving more into it, but I, I love the mobile gaming space. We just saw Glue Mobile get bought out um, you know, by EA, so there is less out there. This is one that I may just add to the shopping list. I love that pipeline of games with Disney. Uh, Star Wars, Avatar, DC, and that HGTV, you know, home design game, I think could also be a huge booking uh, driver. Then, of course, our calendar is filling in nicely with lots of merger vote dates coming and, and then earnings as well. I, I want to turn, you know, and, and bring Mitch back on here. We do have our, our big mover today it is SPCE, so Virgin Galactic. Shares are up on news of a test flight that will be conducted on May 22nd, dependent on weather and technical checks. So this test flight announcement comes following the completion of the maintenance review. Um, and also, so uh, they had the failed flight back in December. So their timeline had been pushed back. They just said recently on their quarterly report that they were working on a new timeline. We have it now. 
May 22nd. This flight is taking place. Also aboard the flight, they will be partnering with NASA. So they're going to carry research payloads for the NASA Flight Opportunities Program. That gets me excited. Mitch, I know you've talked about how, you know, that they need to do something other than just taking people up to space. They signed a deal in 2020 with NASA um, for a private orbital astronaut readiness program. And it looks like that could start to pay off with this test flight. And also, Mitch, I got to say, you know, a couple weeks ago, I told everyone, right, that Virgin Galactic, follow the news, follow the timeline, because when they announce these test flights, what happens to shares? They, they rock it higher. So that's what happened today. Shares were up 23%. Um, I'm not sure where we're at at the moment, but shares higher on that news. What, what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, you know, you definitely mentioned this, and we might as well just pull this up so you can go ahead and hear the coverage here, guys. Let's go ahead and hear. This was actually on, I think, literally a week or two ago, so it's not too far here from this. So let's go ahead and listen um, you in You know, here. that's a key catalyst, right? So we've obviously seen Virgin Galactic shares pressured down here, um, you know, but the, this is a key here as if you look at the past history when they have announced these flight windows, shares have gone up. When they've, you know, gotten closer to the date of the flight window, shares have gone up. And then on the back end, we've seen shares fall, right, with those tests not going as planned. But to me, I think shares, you know, start to trade up now going into that flight window announcement and, and then continue to go up. And then we will see what happens with that test flight. But you know, I think the downside risk here could be minimized with that possible catalyst, at least for the short term. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds good, right? That, you know, called called that out, guys. You know, if, if you look at the chart, too, I mean, it's pretty, pretty cut and dry, right? When they announce these test flights, shares go up. Uh, you know, as the date gets closer to the test flight, shares go up. On the backside, you do have the risk, right? Because we saw in December that that failed test flight, you know, shares did drop significantly from that. So that is the risk here, you know, but I, I think there's room to run over the next couple of days going into that test flight because that is a key catalyst for them. And, and Mitch, how about the, the NASA news? Do you think, you know, that at least can help them diversify a little bit away from, you know, just these passengers paying $250,000 uh, to, to go up in space? Definitely, definitely. You could definitely diversify them. And I think the, one of the things they're noticing is they need to be diversified. They can't just put all their eggs in that one basket and start looking for ways that maybe they can monetize their data, some way that they can use their research in another way, another business. And as you mentioned it here as a service, that's that's kind of the same thing that I would look for. Something else. How can they really develop something out of this? One of the things I will point out is Virgin Galactic is dropping down to the support here for the 15 minute support. So actually giving you an opportunity here. If you like the news and you want to support uh, SPCE here, now is kind of a, a nice area because at least you're getting, being able to go ahead and maybe manage your risk down towards that $19. And then you're also getting it near that support off of a 15 minute pullback. I always like to use the 15 minute chart to show me a little bit bigger trend. And as you can see, we ripped up here at 6 a.m. Uh, a little bit past 6 a.m. And now we're on this retrace. Now, can we get another rip back up past this? All right. That's what we're going to definitely watch in SPCE. Definitely, guys. So 
Guess what, guys? Guess what? Up next, guys, we're going to be getting into our interview. This is when we really start unlocking SPACs. One of the things that we like to do here on SPACs Attack is get to the best, and we've been waiting for this one. We did Betsy Cohen, which really gave us some insight into this company, but I'm super excited to get into our interview. All right, guys. Perfect. So you heard it here from Mitch, you know, another exclusive interview here on SPACs Attack. Joining us on the show today, we have the CEO of Payoneer, Scott Gallet. The company is going public with FTAC acquisition. That ticker is FTOC. Welcome to the show, Scott. Chris, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. Definitely, definitely. We're going to go ahead and let Chris do some questions off first, and then I'll be back with some of my own. Terrific. All right. So, Scott, you know, SPAC's attack here. Uh, you know, since we launched this show, we've been covering, you know, everything in the SPAC and DSPAC world. First question we always like to ask, you know, for companies going public is why a SPAC deal to bring Payoneer public and was a traditional IPO, you know, a consideration? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, our first criteria for moving to the public markets is to make sure that we were ready to be a public company. And so we absolutely uh, believe that we were and are, and we explored multiple possible paths to the public markets and decided that the SPAC route was best. And there are a few reasons why we thought a SPAC was the, the best approach. But I think the number one reason was that 2020 was a really interesting and, and complicated year. And we are super excited about the acceleration in our business. But 2020 had some crosswinds for us related to COVID. And so the opportunity with a SPAC to share forward projections, to really give some clarity to the investment community about what we expect to deliver coming off a year where we had some uh, some ups and downs because of some of the crosswinds from COVID, we thought was a really important part of the way we could tell the story and actually helped us pull forward the ability to actually get to the public markets. And given the amazing acceleration of digital commerce, we just thought this was the, the right time for us to move forward and accelerate our growth. And so that's why we actually, uh, the primary reason why we decided to move forward. And obviously, Betsy and her team are terrific, and they really made it an easy choice uh, to, to follow through on that. Yeah, you know, uh, perfect lead into my next question. We had Betsy Cohen on the show not too long ago. We we did get to talk about Payoneer a little bit. You know, Betsy, she, she's a legend in the fintech space. You know, so along with her, you also have some strong companies attached to the pipe deal. Can you just talk about, you, you know, the validation uh, maybe for Payoneer with getting, uh, you know, some of these key investors attached to this deal? Yeah, I mean, look, everybody has been terrific. You know, Betsy and I knew each other well before uh, the, the whole SPAC opportunity came up. We actually first knew each other as industry colleagues. As you said, Betsy is one of the pioneers in fintech, and I've been doing fintech since before fintech was a term. I mean, it's over 20 years. Uh, and so we really got to know each other many, many years ago, and, and we've continued to build the relationship since. And so this was really a, a, a great opportunity to work with someone who's so well-respected, so trusted, uh, and someone that I have so much in common with. And then the pipe, as you said, we've been really Really privileged to have terrific investors join us in the in the pipe, uh, and for us, 
again, we really are focused on the long term here. We really think we are just near the beginning of an incredible journey ahead. We've already accomplished a lot, and we're really excited to have some terrific really world-class investors that believe in our story, believe in our journey, believe in our team, and they want to be part of that with us. And so, again, as you said, the great validation that's come from all of this really gives us a lot of confidence that we're setting off into the public markets with the right foundation underneath us. And with all the momentum we see in the market, we think it's going to be a, a, a great journey. Awesome. So, you know, I, I see that Payoneer's mission is to democratize access to financial services and drive growth for digital businesses of all sizes, uh, you know, all around the world. Uh, I'm sure you saw in the background while you were waiting to come on, we played that intro video, you know, that helped explain the company. But just give viewers, you know, who may not know Payoneer, what's the, the brief story of, you know, what Payoneer is all about? Yeah, I mean, you just touched on it a bit. And so to amplify a few things, I mean, ultimately, Payoneer starts with the digitalization of commerce. We just see the whole world now buying and selling differently than they used to. And we've been focused on that for 15 years. I mean, that's not just a COVID-related change in our business. This is who we are. COVID has actually accelerated these digital trends. And so what we see is that technology has opened up so many new opportunities for so many people in so many businesses in so many places around the world, but it's not easy. Payments are still hard understanding local requirements, local regulations, local taxation, all of these things are very, very complicated. And so Payoneer has really become the go-to partner, whether you're one of the biggest companies in the world based in the U.S. that needs to deal with your customers and partners globally, or whether you're a really small business in an emerging market that sees an opportunity now through digital channels to sell services or goods around the world, Payoneer is your one partner. We give you the entire world, the ability to be local wherever your buyers or sellers are around the world. And we really try to remove all the complexity and help you achieve your potential. Again, whether you're one of the biggest companies in the world that just wants to focus on growth or whether you're a really small company that just needs to figure out how to access some of these opportunities and access some of these tools. We're all about democratizing access to the whole world for anybody that wants to build a digital business. Yeah, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me in the presentation was that Payoneer works with nine of the top 20 most valuable companies in the world that offer digital payment solutions. So how are you able to, you know, uh, position yourself to land deals with these large, you know, multi-country, multi you know, companies uh, on a large scale? Yeah, and just to clarify, I mean, it, we're actually working with nine of the top 20 most valued companies by market cap in the world. So it's not just in the fintech or financial services like anybody. And a lot of that speaks to just how embedded we are in the digital world and just how important the digital world has become to the global economy. And so we are a trusted partner for leading companies that are doing global business. And we're entrusted to move tens of billions of dollars a year around the world, covering over 7,000 corridors, uh, hundreds of thousands of new applications each month coming from all over the world. 
And we are really a trusted partner that actually handles this, deals with lots of complexity, with lots of scale companies, because they trust that we're going to do things the right way, do it in a compliant and responsible way, and they know that we're going to follow through on the promises we make. And so it really has been a privilege to do this. It happens step by step. We've got a great team. We've got a great platform, good customers that have good experiences, bring more good customers. And so, again, really something that we're really proud of. Perfect. So one of the, the news items recently, you know, speaking of large companies, was a, a partnership with eBay. Um, I know you had worked with eBay before. Um, what are the new details, you know, from this deal? It, it highlighted China, but where is Payoneer partnered with eBay on? And, you know, how does this help drive growth going forward? Yeah. And this goes back to your previous question. So this is great. I mean, for us, eBay really is yet another validation of the credibility of Payoneer, the global strength of Payoneer, actually the two sides of our network. The fact that we're able to be a strategic partner for a company like an eBay and help them work on a really strategic initiative that they've talked to the investment community about for a while, about managing payments is a really strategic initiative for them. But we're also working with small businesses around the world that are selling on eBay. And so what, what we're doing now with eBay is helping them to actually expand and extend their initiative to manage payments to sellers that are coming from additional geographies around the world. And so they've already been doing this in the US and in some other developed markets. And we're now starting the process with them of opening this up to, uh, to sellers that are coming out of China in the greater China region. And then there are a number of other countries that we're gonna roll out together uh, in the months ahead. And so this is actually uh, a really important win for us. It really validates everything that we've done around compliance and risk and global coverage and being a great trusted partner. And we're now really excited about moving into the execution phase on this partnership. And it's something we've just started a ramp in the second quarter, uh, and it'll happen as we move through the year. Perfect. So, you know, now being a, a public company, you know, in the short term here, uh, you know, investors want to know, you know, what's ahead and all about growth. So we have a slide in the presentation that talks about, you know, a strategy to deliver sustained growth. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the key drivers are for growth going forward? Yeah, great. And and thanks so much for referencing the presentation. That's, that's I mean, it's really super helpful. I mean, there are four key components to, to the growth strategy. Uh, the first is that we actually have real scale and momentum in our marketplace ecosystem business. And eBay is a good illustration of that, where we work with marketplaces, we work with marketplace sellers, and we really help that entire marketplace ecosystem grow and expand. And that's a really important part of digital commerce. And we're really uh, uh, integrated and embedded in that and see lots of growth ahead. And then there's our B2B business. 
where we actually have tremendous growth. And this is off marketplaces. This is just businesses that are trading with each other around the world. Last year, we had buyers from over 150 countries transacting with sellers from over 190 countries that use Payoneer to actually pay or get paid. And that continues to grow very, very quickly. It's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. So first piece is to leverage the momentum and scale and we have in those parts of the business. Second is partnerships. Good illustration of this is we've announced Pioneer for banks. And this is not an infrastructure play. We're not going in and selling technology services. We have banks and payment companies around the world that are integrating Payoneer as a branded offering that their small business customers can use to grow their exports and manage their global payments. And so that partnership ecosystem brings more functionality to our customers and brings in more customers for us. Third is we're very actively investing in additional services for our existing customers and also opening us up to new customers. We bought a company named Optile last year, uh, which is an amazing technology platform for a next generation merchant services offering. We've already rolled that out now for enterprises and expanded into Asia and the US. And we're gonna roll out a small business solution later this year, starting in Asia. We have a working capital offering that we've been expanding and ramping up helping give small businesses access to capital. It's very, very hard for businesses to get access to capital. It's even harder now than it was before COVID. The World Bank has estimated over $3 trillion of unmet working capital need for small businesses in emerging markets alone. And we've just introduced a new commercial card product, which we think is a great value proposition for small businesses. And then the fourth piece is M&A, making some additional acquisitions like Optile, very strategic, helping us more quickly add more value for customers. So we've got a four-pronged strategy to help us drive growth, not just in the near term, but we're actively investing now to drive growth over the long term for our customers and for our investors. Yeah. So one of the things that stands out for me, you know, that I see growth coming from uh, is international. So, you know, there, there's a slide that says internet users outside of North America and Europe represent 78% of the global internet users. You know, how can an investment in a company like Payoneer, you know, give access to some of these emerging markets and the growth of, uh, you know, fintech outside of the, the U.S.? Yeah, it's a great question. And that that's actually one of the key pillars of who we are. I mean, we are truly global. And when you look at where our revenues come from, I mean, our revenues in, in general come largely from our relationships with small and medium sized businesses around the world. And we have millions of, of customers all over the world. And the vast majority of those customers are not in the West and not in the US and not in Western Europe. And we do have customers in Western Europe and the US, but Payoneer is a play on the global digital economy. And the growth outside of the traditional Western markets is even faster than in the West. And so if you think about how much our lives have changed with digital commerce and technology, the change is even more dramatic and more rapid around the world. And so we really cover the whole world. We get 300,000 applications a month that come from over 190 countries and territories. And this is really the on-ramp to digital commerce for small businesses coming from lots and lots of markets around the world. 
Perfect. So, you know, Payoneer recently reported first quarter results. We saw volume increase 61% to $13.3 billion, revenue up 23%, adjusted revenue up 46%. You, you know, you said on that press release that uh, a first quarter or the year is off to a strong start. What really stuck out in the first quarter? Um, you know, in terms of growth for for Payoneer that maybe su surprised even, you know, your own expectations. Yeah, we really were excited about the results in the first quarter, and it really was across the board. And I think that's maybe the part that was both most gratifying and, and also uh, maybe most surprising is just, you know, usually you have some things going better than you hope, other things maybe not going as well as you hope. And and in the first quarter, really everything was working. I mean, we saw uh, our marketplace ecosystem business continue to do well. We had tremendous growth continue in B2B uh, as we're continuing to ramp, ramp that up. We've usually seen, you know, we're still relatively early, but working capital, we've usually seen some seasonal dip going from the peak holiday season in Q4 into Q1, but we actually saw uh, some continued acceleration through Q1. Uh, merchant services, I, I touched on already, where now you know we took a, a business that was focused in Europe, and we've now had really key wins in Asia and in the US as we're ramping up our global sales efforts. We just launched the commercial card product, and we're ahead of what we actually had hoped. It's still really small and early, but we're seeing we're getting great feedback from customers. So I think to me, that's the what's amazing is that you know digital across really all aspects of our business, really all over the world, continues to be strong, uh, and it translated into the numbers. and And as a result, you've seen the results that we had and. Uh, the adjustment that you referenced is because we do have some exposure in our business to travel. Not surprisingly, in Q1, travel was still uh, very, very significantly impacted. And so adjusting travel out of Q1 of 2021 and Q1 of 2020 is where you get that 46% year-over-year revenue growth. And so everything's really uh, working the way we had hoped and expected and, and even better. Awesome. So last question from me, I think, before I turn it back over to, to Mitch is, you know, we have seen the rise of cryptocurrency and, and it gets attached, you know, to, to the fintech space. How does Payoneer play into cryptocurrency and what are the plans to, you know, grow on that segment going forward, if any? Yeah, it's something that we spend a lot of time looking at and talking about and keeping an eye on. Uh, but at this point, not something that we actually have as part of our business. And uh, there are a, a, a few reasons for that. One, from a technology perspective, at this point, it's not something that we've seen that would provide an advantage, either in efficiency or speed or you know cost or value for our, our customers from that perspective. We move hundreds of millions of dollars a month, in addition to that $13.3 billion of volume we talked about in Q1. On top of that, we have hundreds of millions of dollars a month of volume where one Payoneer customer is paying another Payoneer customer instantly anywhere in the world. We don't need a cryptocurrency to actually do that. We're doing that already. And that's something that we're doing at scale and with efficiency and with speed. 
And there are certainly, we're hearing a bit more from customers that would like to trade. It's something that we're, again, taking a look at and thinking about how to incorporate. But as you see from some of the announcements this week, we don't think the regulatory environment globally, I mentioned most of our customers are not in the US and Western Europe. We don't think the regulatory environment globally has really settled out yet. And as a result, it's something that we're keeping an eye on, spending some time working on, but haven't actually introduced anything yet to market. So it's something we have the ability to incorporate into our business. We have lots of different countries, currencies, platforms. We're very agnostic in terms of all of that. As of now, we just haven't uh, seen the, the, the need to go ahead and, and do that or the opportunity being clear uh, in how it would work out. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Now, one of the things that I've been paying attention to is what a lot of people have been paying starting to pay attention to more in the SPAC is the valuation here. And so let's talk a little bit more here about the EV revenue multiple. I'm seeing a revenue multiple here of 2021 at 7.6. And one of the things that I've been talking about is trying to get into some of these SPACs that are kind of more of a value play. And to me, that's kind of a, a forward uh, multiple under that 10 uh, so right here at 7.6, looking attractive in that sense. I also compare it to, let's say, high growth payments at 36.5 times that multiple. Definitely, definitely a little bit high there. But we could also compare it also what I would look at global processors. When you compare that, yes, you guys have a, a close revenue multiple. But then when you look at the ro uh, revenue growth rate at 25%, how do you guys separate there? Because the global processor is only at that 8% revenue growth rate. Yeah, you know, something Betsy and I spent some time talking through on this was, you know, there's nobody who's just like us. And so finding a really perfect comp was was hard. And so we had to kind of triangulate our way in. And we also talked about for us, you know, this is the beginning of the journey, not the end of the journey. And so uh, as, as you all highlighted at the beginning, like, we want to have a great group of investors that believe in our story, believe in what we're doing, are here for the long term and are, are going to support us along the way. And so I think, as, as you said, you know, I can't really comment, you know, too much on price specifically, but I think we our objective was to, to set this up in a way where it would be attractive easily defensible in the way we were actually approaching the pricing of the transaction. And then we'd let the business perform and, and we'll let the market uh, take care of itself. And so we continue to be focused on long-term value creation for our customers, for our employees, and for our investors. And we think this put us in a position to be able to do that in a very, very fair uh, way. All right. So the next thing I want to get into is, of course, some advantages that separate you from your competitors. So I'll go ahead and I'll bring this up from the investor deck. And, and why do you guys win? Explain to me here, Scott. Yeah. Uh, and, and thanks, Mitch. I mean, look, it, we are so unique in what we do, right? So the, the, the eBay partnership is a good illustration of this, right? Cover the whole world for them. There really isn't anybody else that, that can do that. We provide more than just payments. We actually are providing compliance and risk services. There's a lot more complexity than simply payments. 
we're a two-sided network. And so with us, they knew that there were uh, services that we are provide to them, but we have a whole team that's a global enterprise team that works with our enterprise clients. But then we also have small business teams all over the world that work with the small businesses in their local markets as well. So we really are unique in building this bridge. And then you get into the breadth of the services that we offer, the brand that we have, Again, the network effects and the virtuous cycle. I mentioned about the ability for anybody on our platform to pay anybody else on our platform instantly anywhere in the world, which is, again, hundreds of millions of dollars a month of additional volume. So there's all these things that we do that are really unique, really invested in emerging markets, really covering the whole world. Um, and there's nobody just like us. There certainly are folks that focus on enterprises. There certainly are folks that focus on small businesses, but there's very few that have actually been able to connect the dots across the whole world and across all these different networks of activity. And so we really have been quite fortunate to just kind of step-by-step step build something really unique. Definitely. You know, one of the things of being global is there's definitely some advantages, but also we could run into some, maybe some disadvantages into security. Right. And so one of the things that I have to ask is how is the mobile platform security? And one of the things that we've been seeing is more hacks and hacks uh, into different kind of payments. So can you explain to me how safe the platform is and how do you guys uh, continue to make it safe? Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing to focus on uh, when you think about, you know, one of the downsides of digital, right, is that everything is a target for basically anyone, anywhere. And there are really, really smart, you know, bad intentioned people out there who are really sophisticated. And so this is like, this is probably the only part other than compliance, you know, compliance and cyber are the two parts of our, our organization that basically have a blank check. You know, so if, if anything that we need to do to protect our ecosystem and our environment, uh, we, we are there to, to do. We've got a terrific team. Uh, the, uh, we actually have a, a whole team of folks that are also uh, based in, in important uh, pockets of activity around the world, like in Tel Aviv and places like that, where there's really terrific cybersecurity expertise and infrastructure. And that's, those are things that we've actually really uh, leveraged to create a very, very safe environment. It's heavily tested. We've got lots of different tools that we use. We've got a terrific internal team. Uh, we run all kinds of pen tests. We have all kinds of, you know, white hat uh, hackers that come in and, uh, and, and look to point out vulnerabilities. So this is something we focus on across the entire business and the platform. I'm sure a lot of people in, enjoyed hearing that answer. Yeah, as you said, it, I mean, we're in the trust business. We understand that. It goes back to when I talked earlier about, you know, Chris's question about how do we get nine of the top, you know, 20 companies in the world to work with us? It's because we deal with those things that are mission critical, but may not as easily show up on a checklist of things that are like nice consumer features or something like that. Like there's a lot of hard work that goes into compliance and cyber and risk. And we're very, very good at those things. Perfect. So, Scott, one of the things we like to do on the show is uh, ask questions from our viewers here. Uh, a lot of the questions we got, you know, we're talking about competitors, which, you know, Mitch already touched on with you. So the one I would ask was we got a question from Solar Up. How concerned is Payoneer with the potential for rising interest rates to handicap their plans for growth? Any comments on, you know, interest rates and how that could affect Payoneer? 
Yeah, you know, for us, from a fundamental growth perspective, it's it's not something that we're particularly concerned about. I mean, we're uh, we're an anywhere to anywhere platform. People need to buy things. The growth of digital is so fast, and our business overall is growing so fast that you know there can be some impacts here or there. Uh, but I think it's more likely to have an impact on the stock market uh, than it is on our business overall. So the fundamentals for us we see continuing. Uh, the tailwinds that we've been focused on and benefiting from and playing into for our customers continue to, we think, endure through uh, through any of these cycles uh, up ahead. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We, we appreciate your time. So guys tuning in again, Scott Gallet, he's the CEO of Payoneer. Company is going public via SPAC merger. That ticker is FTOC. Thank you so much, Scott, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on SPACs Attack. We look forward to following your progress. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Great questions. Great discussion. So look forward to talking again sometime. So of thanks. course. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you again. All right. Even, even better answers. So we appreciate it, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. As you guys see, another exclusive interview. And one of the things that I like to do, and I don't do this often, guys, I do not do this often, is look into CEOs and buy because of CEOs. Now, one thing I can tell you right now, Emotionally wise, listening to that interview and being a part of that interview, I got some sense of security, some sense of certainty from the CEO there. Maybe it was his tone of voice. Maybe I heard in the chat he had that bot voice. (laughs) Whatever it may be, I can tell you right now, call me a little bit of a believer here. I I like this company. I'm I'm liking the CEO. And sometimes I look for that. So what I'm going to do now is that that's the story. The story has gotten me uh, attracted. You guys know how I do it. I'm going to start looking deeper into the fundamentals, try to time those technicals. But definitely, uh, I'm a little bit of a believer here now. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's watched this show or heard me on others, you know I like my emerging marketplace, right? Your your Jumia, your Ozon, and here you have, right? Payoneer is is a fintech play on emerging markets. I mean, they're huge in Asia that that deal with eBay for China. I mean, that that's huge, right? And, and their growth is going to come from outside the U.S. So investing in a company like Payoneer you get that full exposure to emerging markets. So, uh, you know, Mitch, at the start of the show, we said we, we were going to talk about some buys if we hit 100 likes is what I said. Um, I think you said more than that, but we're not at 100 likes yet. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear, you know, which SPACs you bought today. So, I guess while we're waiting, you know, in the meantime, I do want to bring up, we do have another big mover today that we wanted to get into And Mitch, you know, I got to say, you know, this is one we've talked about for a while, but this is one that you've really gotten behind. So I'm talking, of course, of Genius Sports. That's G-E-N-I. They reported first quarter revenue. So revenue was up 52% year over year to $53.7 million. Positive adjusted EBITDA of $9.3 million versus a loss of $5.3 million last year. They did raise their full year revenue guidance from 190 million to a range of 250 to 260 million, which is something we called out on the show yesterday with that new NFL deal. So they highlighted that NFL partnership 
They also entered into a marketing partnership with FanDuel. They acquired two leading technology companies, FanHub and Second Spectrum, which diversify them. You know, revenue looks great across the board. Betting technology up 42%. Sports technology up 42, 42% as well. And media technology, content, and services up 127%. You know, Mitch, this is one you've been a big believer in. What What are your takeaways here, you know, from that earnings report? And, and how is this thing looking? It, it's up double digits today. You know, sometimes I, I, I'm dead right on stuff. And usually when I'm dead right on stuff, guys, just to give you guys a tip out there when you're listening to to my some of the stocks that I'm bringing, your trading ideas, the ones that I'm not in, I usually do so good in, guys. And the reason why, it I, I could put the blinders on, right? I don't have to be worried about the money involved, the risk involved. And I can really evaluate the company, how I like it. How's the story? How's the fundamentals? How's the technicals? And one of the things that I've been mentioning with Genie, and I continuously mention this, guys, separation between competition. It's so important. And a lot of the ways you're going to be able to tell this is the partnerships. Why? Because when you have a partnership, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes in, 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 in different environments, you know, you'll have uh, kind of a different reach out. But right now, what it is, is that a lot of these companies are going to the same kind of league and giving the, the request, right? We want, we want to be a partner with you. We want to be a partner with you. What does the league is go and do? They go and they do their due diligence. They go and research both companies. They see the growth. They see the potential of the future. And to me, they're choosing Genie. And that's all I need to know. Yeah, exactly. You know, as we, we've talked, we, we had Mark on yesterday, right? Sports betting. Sports betting is huge. It, it's a, a tremendous opportunity for investors. And one of the things we talked was, you know, some of these states, you have 10 to 12 players, you know, so who's going to get the market share? Well, instead hold on, of picking. Hold on. Hold on. Did, did, did we really just get this news? John Doe dropping in here. Florida is it, is it sports betting? I know they were working on it yesterday. I, I, I need the, to check this out. I need to check this out. John Doe, John Doe. Somebody fact check my man, John Doe here. But hey, John, if you brought that into the chat, that's what I like to see, man. I've been waiting for that moment. I'll tell you that right now. I'm, I'm a big believer in Florida sports betting. I lived in Florida for a long time of my life. So I definitely can see those degenerates that I grew up with <laughs> getting into sports betting. Yeah, you know, and that and that goes with what I was just saying, right? All these new states passing legislation, the thing is you have a ton of sports betting operators. So instead of maybe picking who's going to win the market share, you have Genius Sports who's providing data to, to the majority of them, right? Because they have these exclusive deals. So to me, I think Genius, you know, the thing behind the thing, as we've said, is still a great long-term winner did mitch did we hit 100 likes yet i i want to get to to what you bought but i don't know if we're going to be able to do it oh right there right there guys 93 likes we're at 1156 if you guys want to hear about some of the specs i went and went shopping on definitely definitely guys hit the like button i want to get you guys there but only if we got the facts to get there i think we're gonna likes. hit it we got to get those likes we can hear what mitch bought and then also Benzinga has a contest because we're getting close to 100,000 subscribers. I know you guys want to hear about that too. So Mitch, we got 100 likes. Why don't you tell us what you bought today? And then I'll hit on that contest for everyone out there uh, before we head to our next show. 
All right, guys. Uh, what we'll do is I'm going to play this trailer right quick. And when I come back, I'll get you guys my stocks. All right, I'll be definitely putting up that Gleam link in the I just chat. Shared it, just shared it, Mitch. It's there you the go, chat, my man guys. Chris is fast with it. My man Chris is fast with it. Uh, definitely, definitely. Oh, looks like you got Chris got the blues, the blues check mark on his name. That that man is cool. All right, let's get into the specs. Let's get into the ones I traded today and the ones I got in. I'll tell you right now, guys. These are more of an investment decision. Why? Because I started dipping my toes into some growth names, and with this, I'm also dipping my toes into some spac game. And one of the things I'll tell you guys is I'm not putting all my capital to work in one day. One of the things I did is I am adding to my account. So I calculated how much capital I'm going to have overall. And I'm trying to keep my uh, kind of my my percentages in each position the same. So I start getting a balanced portfolio here in different industries. And one of the things that you guys got to do on a day like today, guys, and we were talking about this on pre-market prep, get that shopping list ready. You got to have that shopping list ready, guys. I had over nine uh, industries here that I wanted to take a look at. And this is another thing, diversification, right? I don't want to just be stuck in one industry, have all the stocks in that industry, and then watch that industry just keep coming back down. So I want to get into multiple industry and give myself an opportunity to find an industry that starts roaring back, right? And so some of the industries that I'm going to look at, guys, I'm going to look at sports betting. I'm going to look at EV chargers, autonomous. I'm going to look at EV makers. I'm looking at gaming. I'm looking at lithium plays. I'm looking at housing plays. I'm looking at trip, uh, triple Ds, those, those 3D plays, I'm looking at solar plays and I'm looking at space plays, guys. You see how you're having the multiple industries can give you guys a diverse portfolio. So some of the specs that I got today, guys, I'm going to give you guys some insight. Right now, I'm getting into one of my favorite, favorite, favorite sports betting stocks. And with that Florida news, I think in the long run, you might see a, a good push from this. So this is RSI, guys. RSI here is going to be the first one that I took, guys. I'm in this one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you – you know what? Uh, I'm as transparent as it gets here. I don't think there's anybody that does this. But 12.05, guys, is my entry today. And as you guys see, it's up at 12.20 already. So in the green. All right, let's go to the next one here. What's my next stock that I'll bring up here? I'm going to bring up here another SPAC that I'm looking into. Why I want to bring this one up right now is because it is really under 10 still, guys. I got into SPFR here. Reason why I do believe in this company long term. I would put this one even in my IRA account. So I'm going to stick into this one. I'm expecting to see it break out through 10 in the next couple of weeks. So definitely keep your eyes on that one. Another one that I got into today, just because I believe in housing, is open, guys. Open, I did take a trade today, guys. I will let you guys know I'm a little bit down on my open position. I got in today at 15, 
but I'm risking off of this 14 area. So I'm not not too concerned on, on this trade here. I have a daily chart off of that 14 here, and I'm looking for it to come back up through 16 and eventually go up to 22. So that's another one that I'm in here. Last one I'll give you guys, and, and, I, and I do got a couple more, but... I got so many that I that it's, it's just a lot to go through right now, guys. So I'll give you guys one more here. DM DM is one that I took today, and and the reason I took this one is I'm just a believer in in 3D in the long term. I think one of the things that we run into is in an inflationary period, it might actually make sense to go with more of a technology move here that could get cheaper over time. I think you're going to see that some supply chains are going to try to maybe run towards of some 3D makers to try to switch their uh, manufacturing process and maybe even make it cheaper by going to 3D. So that's what I'm going to be definitely paying attention to and look into the story. So those are some of the ones that I got today, Chris. I could get into many more. I got a couple more that I'll get into tomorrow, but we'll, we'll take a deeper look. And one of the things that I'm doing, guys, is I'm, I'm going to take a multiple days approach. I'm not going to throw all the money in at once. I did throw some good amount of money today, but another thing that I'm going to look at is do we test lows? Do we keep testing daily lows? Because if we test daily lows, you want to hold on to some of that capital so that you can maybe go ahead and kind of average in, not just take a one full ride approach. Yeah, you know, perfect and great examples there of, yeah, you know, timing your entry and maybe scaling in with multiple buys. You know, I do own shares of SPFR. I've been a believer in that one for a long time. And RSI still on my shopping list, you know, in that sports betting uh, space. The, the Florida news is big today for the industry. The key for RSI for me is, you know, if New York gets legalized, I think mm -hmm. that's a, a huge undervalued catalyst for RSI because they have a stronger entry there than some of these other players in a limited number uh, field. And then DM, Desktop Metal, this is one that I owned, you know, a long time ago. I, I sold and I've been waiting to get back into this. And I think their, their recent quarterly earnings and those acquisitions, right, Mitch, they're not only going to print, you know, print materials for, you know, planes and, you know, manufacturers, they're going for dental and, and wood, right? They're going to be able to print these wood products. So, you know, great acquisitions and scaling that growth going forward. So, you, you know, I, I like these picks and I'll be doing some uh, shopping hopefully over the next couple of days too. So the, the other one I'll highlight, guys, if you tuned into the show yesterday, we talked Lordstown Motors, right? R-I-D-E. And Mitch, I don't know if you caught that presentation last night from, from Ford, but that F-150 Lightning, you know, it's going to have a starter price of 39974 The Lordstown Motors Endurance starting price, 52500 That's a bit of a difference. Um so ride shares down today. And, you know, I got to say, we both called that out yesterday. So uh, hopefully hey. if you were in ride the past couple of days, you took some profits. You know, one of the things we mentioned was the ride versus the Ford look and how this potentially could hurt ride because we see Ford as one of the leaders here in EV. And one of the things that we're going to see is how does Ford also compare with Tesla? That's what we also started mentioning. And so there's going to be a big battle here. But as you guys see, Biden supporting the company, of course, from Detroit there. You got Ford support there, Ford support. And I think that's going to make a big difference. You know, a lot of people are not 
not not uh, talking about that. I think that makes a huge difference. You know, one of the things that we did see was President uh, Vice President Pence uh, showing off kind of that ride vehicle. Right. And so right here, one of the things that I'm going to see is do we get kind of a, a change of sentiment here? Do, do they like does my man Biden appreciate more of Ford than he does a new car maker here in, in Lordstown in, in Ohio? I think you're seeing that right there, right? And so there's something that you definitely need to pay attention to is how that support is going to keep going. One of the stocks that I, I would definitely take a look at that Chris has mentioned multiple times, AC, ACTC, right? Yep, Proterra with the electric buses and vans and and more and Arrival, Never right? Know. You, you've been on Arrival for a while, ARVL, and the the other one that I've owned for a long time, and we had them on the show, of course, Lion Electric. Uh, ticker now is LEV. That's another play on you know electric vehicles going forward. So guys, it's twelve oh five. We went over. Guess what? Give, guess what? To give you guys these great trade ideas. What? What's that? I got some more for you because my man Luke isn't ready yet. So I got you Do guys. It. All right, let's hear it. All right, guys. So the, the next couple of ones I'm going to give you guys, uh, let's let's give you some other plays, right? Uh, I, I can talk about these on Money Mitch, but if you guys want to see me talk about these right now, give me some more likes. Let's get up to 125. I do have over 276 people watching, so we definitely can get towards that. I got a couple more here that I can give you guys. So one that I'm going to be looking at, guys, and, and I'll put up the chart here, is GAN. GAN, with that sports betting news, this is one that I do not have. I'm going to mention a couple here that I'm on my radar but haven't taken a position into. So GAN is definitely one on my radar. Why? Multiple support touches. You guys love. You guys know how I love my support touches, right? And so let's go to the one weekly chart so you guys can see this even better here. And, and when we get here, look, look, look at these support touches down here. This is what I like to see, guys. Whenever we can touch support multiple times, that's when I can go ahead and measure my risk. And the risk is right underneath it. 450s is kind of this big support here. That's what I'm going off of. That's what I'm looking to see. I want to see a reversal in this one. So with this uh, kind of that Florida news and also potentially uh, New York news, I'm definitely paying attention towards GAN. Another one that I'll mention here, guys, and, and this is one that I actually did get some today, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll bring this one up here, is CRSR. You guys know how I've been talking about Corsair Gaming. Um, I actually did a, a kind of a video specifically on this, guys, so you guys can find that on Benzinga Clips, or you guys can look it up on Benzinga. We actually have it as, as a separated video there. One of the things that I'm trying to do for you guys is the story of a stock and do kind of more of a long form approach so if you guys got a stock you guys want to see a deep dive into definitely let me know in the comments below but corsair gaming guys this is one that i'm definitely going to be looking into one of the things is clear driven support here so you guys are seeing a theme here one of the things is at least i know my out area and so i'm sticking towards this 30 pricing right here kind of this bottoming action that you've gotten multiple times a touch on. And now I want to see this stock get back above 34 and 35 at 36 is where we really start hitting some support or some resistance. And that's what I'd look to see if maybe we, we, we slow down a little bit, but gaming overall, I think is going to continue getting a drive in 2021, especially going into Q3 and Q4. Um, wh what do you think about some of these plays, Chris? 
Yeah, you know, definitely, you know, the story, right? Sports betting, gaming, those those are hot, growing sectors. So I, I'm a fan of those picks. So, you know, I, I got to work on a shopping list as well. Um, you know, put some of this cash that has been on the sidelines to, to use just like you did. So, you know, uh, maybe I'll have to join you on uh, Money Mitch one of these times and talk, you know, non-SPACs because, you know, I do still have, you know, quite a few SPACs. So I probably won't be doing more shopping there just yet. Although I did really like that mobile gaming uh, deal announcement today for XPOA. Um, you know, we, we've talked Zynga before and Glue Mobile and uh, a competitor to both of those. So um, it, it looks like Power Hour is ready to, to start up, Mitch. So I think we should probably say see you later. I, I dropped the contest link in the chat again, guys. Join that giveaway. The code is SLIMERAZ, which I also put in the chat. But did you see that video? A free share of Tesla? Like, come on, guys. Let, let's get to 100,000 subscribers. So one of you guys out there. Can I'll tell get a you share what, even Tesla. I want it. <laughs> I know. I know. I've, I've, I've never owned Tesla. I I, I've, been, I've been pushing Raz. Yeah. I've been pushing Raz like, yo, Raz, come on, man. Like, just slide me one of those shares of Tesla. Like, I don't need an Amazon gift card. I just want I just want a share of your Tesla. Just, just there's there's that over. link again. Thanks. Happy Mohammed out there sharing the link in the code in the chat, guys. Click on that. Sign up for the contest. We'll see you later tomorrow. Spax Attack, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks again, guys. Another great show.